Welcome to this Texas Sports Nation podcast. I'm Brooks Cadena. Joining us is Brian T. Smith, columnist for the Houston Chronicle. Uh, you can follow us at BKUBENA. You can follow Brian at Cron Brian Smith. This week, the Texans kicked off OTAs. Uh, the rookies joined after having their rookie mini camp, and now that means the veterans are together. And uh, it's a voluntary workout, so um, it's not a case where you're seeing everybody on the Texans, but it's pretty dang close. 88 of 91 players were there um, on Tuesday. Uh, notably absent were uh, left tackle Laramie Tunsil and defensive tackle Malik Collins, but um, asked Lovey Smith about that, and he was he kind of shrugged it off and said he'd been in contact with them, and, and he was okay with where they stood, and that they had an understanding that once – uh, they reached the mandatory camp, which will be in a, a few weeks uh, from June 14th on for three days that they'll be there. So, But it was the first time, Brian, for us to get a chance to see some of these new players uh, that they brought in as veterans, uh, off-season additions. Um, some of them will be pretty important pieces to uh, both an offense and defense that's trying to improve from a drastic problem last year. And uh, it was the first time we got a chance to speak with A.J. Can, a seven-year veteran, a right guard starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Thoughts are is that he would plug in immediately and supply the offensive line with some stability that they haven't had in several years. And we've talked about this uh, a couple of podcasts ago, and really it seems to be kind of the talk of uh, throughout the draft it was too, whether they would go in the offensive line in the first round. They did with Kenyon Green. You know, it may not be a sexy conversation, Brian, but how important is it that AJ Can goes in and provides some contribution there when they tried to go last year with a guy like Lane Taylor who just wasn't healthy enough to go in? This is the time to create stability on the offensive line, Brooks. You're, you're exactly right. And, you know, for as much as I might uh, love to make fun of OTAs, they are important, and I, I believe I wrote this a few years ago, that actually the OTAs were important for the Texans, uh, specifically their offensive line, and, and they were going through back then what they're going through now, and it just hasn't worked. At some point, it will work, and when it does work, it'll be coaching, it'll be personnel, it'll be you know Nick Casario, but it's going to ultimately be chemistry, and they don't have enough talent to plug and play. They don't have enough talent right now on the offensive line and the depth to, to lose their key pieces. But if this unit is going to work and they're going to run the ball better and that's going to set up the passing game, they're going to have a better offense, et cetera, et cetera. Having that chemistry being built right now, that stability, that is one of the parts for OTAs that can be uh, important because it's all building blocks, right? So it's OTAs into the mandatory uh, camp, into training camp and preseason games, on and on and on, still about four months away from the start of the regular season. But yeah, when you have, you know, if you don't have Tunsil, but you have Can. You have your younger players. You have all your new pieces. You have Pep Hamilton, the offense, Davis Mills. This is where it starts. And this is a team that this year, I still don't know about the running game itself, but the offensive line should be better. And I, I say that confidently for the first time in a few years with the Texans. Yeah, it's a big deal. And I think from some of the things that we noticed during their workout on Tuesday, I mean, Take it for what you will, and Lovey Smith was talking about it as well, not to take too much stock into where people are, first team, second team, where they are on the field. But I would be very surprised if Titus Howard is not at right tackle. That's where he has been. That's where he's played his best, and that 
in the when in the vein of the offensive line, that is where you would look down the line. You'd have uh, people under contract for at least two years with him playing right tackle, Tunsil playing left tackle, and you got Kenyon Green and um, and AJ Can sign a two year deal, and so did Justin Britt at center. So all those things come together could really provide um, a nice uh, protection and also maybe a little bit of an uptick in the in the run game, especially for this new. Um, a group of running backs. Uh, we saw them sign Marlon Mack, uh, who from the Colts uh, was unseated by Jonathan Taylor uh, while he was uh, dealing with an Achilles tear in 2020, and then also uh, in 2021 recovering from that. But uh, I, th- I think I think whenever you're looking at this and you can see all these guys running around the field, uh, you start to get uh, ideas in your head and uh, wondering where people are. But I mean, I think Brian, one of the things. Uh, from even training camp last year was noticing how Davis Mills was playing. I mean, that's the number one question around here. And he was, I just remember in training camp, he was throwing interceptions a lot. He was not looking like he was poised. Yeah. There were good days or bad days. And I mean, I just from watching him, he, he, he knew where he was going with. He looked like he was um, confident. Uh, we Obviously there hasn't really been that team drill type thing that you get during training camp, but um, I mean, that's his comfort level. And I think uh, Ken even talked about it because uh, he played with Trevor Lawrence. And funny enough, there's some parallel between the two guys, uh, two number one overall quarterback recruits out of Georgia who end up being uh, top guys for their respective colleges and now could possibly become franchise quarterbacks. He was saying that, you know, Davis Mills is reserved and quiet and speaks when he needs to. When you, when you look at the quarterbacks that have been here, Brian, and, and, and how important it is for leadership on this team, and a, a time like this where chemistry is so important, can, can, can a quarterback afford to be kind of reserved? I mean, I, I, think, I think with Davis, it's certainly how people view him. Yeah, it's an interesting question because that, to, you know, we'll have Stingler this year and we'll have, you know, Kenyon Green and, and multiple players that will be worth, obviously worth following. Um, Mills, without question, is the one that will be worth documenting all season for or however long he is a starting quarterback. And there's just so much that goes into that, right? I mean, it's the on-field play. It's the off-the-field leadership, which you just referenced. And you start to see that during OTAs, during minicamp, during training camp, during media availabilities, all these things. And it can't be a fake confidence um, it can't also be guys praising you, but then you disappoint in the field. I mean, I, I've seen a billion times now where Texans players say they love this quarterback and the quarterback disappoints on the field and they're on to the next quarterback. Uh, so ultimately he will have to prove it on the field, but it, much like the offensive line, it has to start now if it's going to work. Uh, you know, Brandon Cooks had some nice comments about Davis Mills this week. There's been nothing but positivity about Davis Mills. I, I I also, again, saw the Texans nationally predicted to be the worst team in the NFL this week. So, you know, uh, we're about four months away from the reality of what the season's really going to start to be. But Davis Mills continues to receive the platform, continues to have the opportunities. There's nobody who's threatening him for the job. I just saw there's a report that the Raiders are bringing in Kaepernick for a workout Kaepernick's not going to threaten uh, Carr for that job, but the Texans aren't bringing, you know, point being, the Texans aren't bringing anybody else in. I mean, this, from everything that we know right now, this is Davis Mills' job with a little Kyle Allen spelling him occasionally. 
So he's going to have to prove it across the board. And yeah, he's going to have to step up. And and if, if he's not the leader of this offense, Brooks, who else is going to be? I mean, they you know, maybe a little Laramie Tunsil, but Laramie Tunsil also disappeared last year. And it's not like he has a, a career track record of, of 15 playoff victories. So it has to start. It has to be Davis Mills. And the Texans have had different leaders at quarterback when they've had some success. Matt Schaub was a different leader than Deshaun Watson. Um, I, I would expect, if we're talking in utter generalities, Davis Mills would be a little bit more of the Matt Schaub, a little, you know, maybe a little less swag than the good Deshaun Watson, more of the quiet leader. But Matt Schaub could also be a pretty darn gritty player when he was at his best for the Texans. And, and maybe that, that, you know, that will be what Davis Mills aspires to be as a leader for this team. Yeah, and I can think back to last year whenever Davis Mills was in his first stretch of starts. We were talking about how he was audibling and had some responsibilities uh, to check on plays, and they were giving him more of that as he was learning the offense. And after a certain game, I was asking him about that, and he was – I was saying, so do you get a chance to like talk to the coaches and say, hey, you know, I I want to I want to change this and I want to call this play. And Davis had responded. He said, I don't think I've really done enough yet in order to challenge the play or to 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 change it there. And even late in the year, when I was asking about whether he felt like he was mastering certain things, he's he would he would very much push back on a lot of that. And he's and the sense I get from that is kind of what you're talking about. There's some patience there involved, and I think as as he as he starts to grow more into um, the proof on the field, his voice will start to get uh, louder, and uh, I think a lot of the players are starting to respect that anyway. And um, just the type of player and the mold that you're seeing with the uh, draftees and the other free agents that Nick Casario signs—that's the kind of player that the, that we can see that he he is drawn toward. And Derek Stingley's one of those, you know, uh, a very quiet guy who has quiet confidence and. Kenyon Green is as well, um, and I, I think it. I think it'll be interesting to see from them. And um, you know, one of the other things uh, that is is interesting too on the defensive side, just watching them uh, uh, on Tuesday, you had um, you know Jalen Petrie back in uh, at safety, and we were, we've been wondering how they would use him, whether at nickel or at safety or wherever. Um, and still, you can't really draw too much into it because um, Eric Murray and Kamagruja Hill are among those players who are just not working out. They had off-season surgeries and are and are are just slowly getting into it. So I mean, there's there's a lot of things you can look to. But if if you're if you're looking on the defensive side, Brian, just as they're starting to get together and figure out where they are as a team, is there a player that sticks out to you or a group that uh, needs they need to figure out uh, as as they start to uh, figure each other out as a defense? <sighs> I, I would like to turn it to offense and just say running back. I mean, I think that is a position that I just continue to completely question for this team. Big picture. Now, they don't have some interesting younger names and didn't make some moves and you have Marlon Mack. But running back, I feel like, will define the offense this year. If I if I go to defense, I would still say the defensive line. It, it feels like they have some, you know, the beginnings of names. But the Texans, when they were at their best, and really the way the NFL is set up right now, you know, as much as we talk about the secondary, we don't talk about linebackers as much in the NFL anymore because they're sort of caught in between uh, rushing the passer and, you know, trying to, to stop all these crazy offenses that are putting up 30, 40 points a game in this era of, of franchise quarterbacks. 
it would have to be defensive line because this is still a defensive line that doesn't have a true identity. They don't have a they don't have a star. They have the beginnings of what could be something, but defensive line will be the position. I would say running back on offense, a defensive line on defense. That's the two position sets that they have to start to find an identity there as they move forward in 2022, 2023, and beyond, because that's where it can quickly turn things around. This isn't going to become a, a secondary that's just locked down all of a sudden. Linebackers, you know, could could improve, won't be the best linebacking unit in the NFL anytime soon. But there's enough potential in the defensive line with a lot of the changes they made that, that that'd be the position that I would be focusing on, uh, you know, as, as we move closer to the regular season. And one of the interesting players on that defensive line is, is uh, Ogmanai Okoronkwo. I mean, he's a Houston area guy, went to A-Leaf Taylor. He's got tons of nicknames. Uh, he, he goes by Obo for short, but yeah. uh, he also says to call him BZ to make it easy. And uh, he's, he's one of those guys that I think could really make a difference. Um, he was a part of a very deep defensive line group with the Rams, learned a lot from Von Miller, who was a very similar body type to him, but um, you know, Miller obviously has, has been a very established pass rusher in the NFL and was a, a top pick coming out of Texas A&M um, in, in the first round. And he was, uh, you know, he, he, we've got a chance and we're going to have a story on him in, um, in the coming days in the Houston Chronicle. And he's got a lot of personality to him. He, he grew up with an artistic background, had uh, photography and poetry and um, his his parents immigrated from Nigeria um, and they didn't even know that he was going to play football, and his dad actually didn't want him to play football, and he kept that secret. And we'll we'll have more on that on the on the story that we have. But I mean, he's only been playing for less than he's been really playing for less than ten years. He's made quite an impact already in his NFL career. Played in two Super Bowls, and uh, he got a chance to talk with us on Tuesday. And uh, I think some of the, the 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 pass rushes that they need. I mean, last year. They, they, they had Jonathan Grenard come out and had a pretty good year, uh, but they need to fill out around there and uh, definitely pressure a lot of these quarterbacks as they play the AFC West, Russell Wilson and uh, Patrick Mahomes and others like that. So um, I agree with you with the defensive line. So it'll be interesting to see a lot of these players come in and we'll get a chance to see them more as uh, OTAs are open again on Wednesday of next week. And uh, they'll have another open session the week after that, and then they'll have their three-day mandatory camp where we'll see all, all the Texans come in and see how they look before they break and come back for training camp in late July. So we'll have more content on HoustonChronicle.com and Texas Sports Nation. You can follow me at B-K-U-B-E-N-A. Follow me on Twitter at Cron Brian Smith. And that's what we've got here. Appreciate you guys watching, listening, and reading.